Smith strolled meditatively on. The genial warmth of the afternoon soothed him. He hummed lightly, only stopping when, as he reached the end of the street, a young man of his own age, rounding the corner rapidly, almost ran into him. "'Sorry,' said the young man. "'Hello, Smith.' Smith gazed upon him with benevolent affection. "'Comrade Jackson,' he said, "'this is well met. The one man of all others whom I would have wished to encounter. We will pop off somewhere, Comrade Jackson, should your engagements permit, and restore our tissues with a cup of tea. I had hoped to touch the Jackson family for some slight refreshment, but I was informed that your wife was out.' Mike Jackson laughed. Phyllis isn't out. She... Not out? Then, said Smith, pained, there has been dirty work done this day, for I was turned from the door. It would not be exaggerating to say that I was given the bird. Is this the boasted Jackson hospitality? Phyllis is giving a tea to some of her old school pals, explained Mike. She told the maid to say she wasn't at home to anybody else. I'm not allowed in myself. Enough, Comrade Jackson, said Smith agreeably. Say no more. If you yourself have been booted out in spite of all the loving, honouring and obeying your wife promised at the altar, who am I to complain? And possibly one can console oneself by reflecting we are well out of it. These gatherings of old girls' school chums are not the sort of function your man of affairs wants to get lugged into. Capital company as we are, Comrade Jackson, we should doubtless have been extremely in the way. I suppose the conversation would have dealt exclusively with reminiscences of the dear old school, of tales of surreptitious cocoa drinking in the dormitories, and what the deportment mistress said when Angela was found chewing tobacco in the shrubbery. Yes, I fancy we have not missed a lot. Uh, by the way, I don't think much of the new home. True, I only saw it from the outside, but no, I don't think much of it. Best we can afford. And who, said Smith, am I to taunt my boyhood friend with his honest poverty, especially as I myself am standing on the very brink of destitution? You? I in person. That low moaning sound you hear is the wolf bivouacked outside my door. But I thought your uncle gave you rather a good salary. So he did, but my uncle and I are about to part company. From now on he, so to speak, will take the high road, and I'll take the low road. I dine with him tonight, and over the nuts and wine I shall hand him the bad news that I propose to resign my position in the firm. I have no doubt that he supposed he was doing me a good turn by starting me in his fish business, but even what little experience I have had of it has convinced me that it is not my proper sphere. The whisper flies round the clubs. Smith has not found his niche. I am not, said Smith, an unreasonable man. I realize that humanity must be supplied with fish. I am not averse from a bit of fish myself, but to be professionally connected with a firm that handles the material in the raw is not my idea of a large life work. Remind me to tell you sometime what it feels like to sling yourself out of bed at 4 a.m. 
and go down to toil in Billingsgate Market. No, there is money in fish. My uncle has made a pot of it. But what I feel is that there must be other walks in life for a bright young man. I chuck it to-night.' 